in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Jeremy Delk with us here just outside of Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for being here today. No, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you when you hear that? What's that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Oh, I mean, you think about like the the greats, right? Kobe, Jordan, I I think, you know, uh, Again, you know, LeBron, right? Yeah, you know, my I've got a nine-year-old son and the kids, and I've obviously we fall victim to the uh, you know, who's the goat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Braun or uh or Jordan. And you know, obviously, you know, I'm 42. So I I grew up um in the years, you know, and this was like this was, you know, and you see I don't even watch the documentary on uh on uh on the Bulls and 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 Jordan, but you yeah, know loved how, it. Bi- how big they were before social media, before, I mean, before you could be into famous and, you know, what I remember, I mean, it it was, I mean, that team, right. Didn't look like a championship, right. Johnny Paxton, right. Bill Cartwright, (laughs) that shot. I mean, they they weren't stacked, right. You know, know, Katie just got, you know, traded, you know, like they weren't like now they're, they're all like us Olympic teams, right. These, these, these teams are stacked and, you know, Jordan, was drafted to Chicago and won in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Again, say what you want. Like if I think if yeah. LeBron stayed in Cleveland and did the same thing, it'd be different, but you bounced in Miami and now you're in LA. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's, this is a different piece, but again, we, we all, we start sounding like our parents at some point, right? Well, by <laughs> my day, you know, yeah, whatever. But, 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 but all those pieces was um back to your question was i think you know what i look at is is what i remember as a kid with jordan right is some days jordan you know put it all on his back right and he'd go up and just you know score 60 70 i mean like in but that wasn't every game because it wasn't the michael jordan show sometimes it was and it was freaking cool to watch yeah but but it was what he did to bring that team together and like that that, you know, leading by example. And I think Kobe does that as well, right? I mean, there was a documentary. Um, I think we're talking about fucking TV shows all day, man. Yeah. Uh, there was a documentary on uh, on Kobe. And I think it was it was about the, the U.S. Olympic team. 
and mm-hmm. his teammate, the Russian dude, or you're uh, Spanish. I forget who he was. They played for LA. And uh, and he said, yeah, you watch. I'm going to run right through that motherfucker. And then everyone's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But that whole thing, um, all the guys were talking about, you know, you know, going out in Vegas and partying. And then they're in the lobby coming back from, uh, um, I think it was Tr- you know, Trist or, uh, you know, maybe it was Trist. A big nightclub, you know, at the wind. Yeah. And uh, excess maybe, and they're coming back in partying, whatever. And, you know, Kobe's, you know, suited up heading to the fucking locker room to go into the gym. Yeah. The gym. But what happened? Oh shit. Right. And then eventually everyone started that routine. So that is championship leadership. Um, Yeah. In in seven minutes or less. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm 46. So I definitely grew up with Jordan. And, you know, the one thing, that also, and I think this is very relevant to championship leadership is it almost, it never mattered like how much they were down by, or if Jordan was having an off night, like there was always a belief that he, that he would pull it out, that he would, that he would win. And if, and if they didn't like, you know, darn near. Right. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, that was just, I think that's something that's that intent. That's that it factor that you, that not necessarily everyone else has. I think Tom Brady always kind of had that same feel too. No matter what, you're just like, man, oh, I don't know. The lead's never big enough. Like, right. He could do it. He could, he could make it happen. And I don't know that I had, I think Kobe and LeBron for sure have that factor, but not necessarily to the degree that I felt when I watched Jordan. And again, like you said, we're probably starting to sound like a parent's a little bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very special. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it, you know it when you see it, and it doesn't come around all that often. So, That's right. Um, well, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself for the listener, and you know maybe just a little bit of the journey and and the path that you're on today, and and what that is that you're up to today. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a small town kid um, from a town called Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, we're the bourbon capital of the world. So I grew up in Love this. Bourbon. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm a big supporter uh, myself. <laughs> Um, but you know, I always, you know, I grew up with this, you know, small town kind of feeling and, you know, big fish, small pond kind of feeling, I don't know if that's a true mentality, mm-hmm. or not, but that, that's kind of how I felt. And I always wanted to kind of go and do more, see more and be more. And I always had this affinity to end up in, in New York city. That's kind of where I thought, you know, big apple that Sinatra said, right. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did, I ended up, you know, getting a scholarship in college, uh, in, uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, and then um, had some wild rides, day trading um, at a young age, sorry, day trading at, at uh, 18, um, made a bunch of money, lost a bunch of money, and ended up on Wall Street. So that, you know, very curvy road um, without a plan is the title of my book. So I basically cover the 20 years of where I've got to where I've gotten, and just by kind of moving forward and p- putting something on the horizon without not ever having it all figured out. Um, but went to wall street and then I went on my own about 20 years ago, 22 years ago and started my own little venture capital firm, uh, firm. Um, we co-invest or lead, um, usually we're taking majority, um, early stage interest, um, or doing full bolt on acquisitions and yeah, I've been, been, you know, moderately successful throughout a bunch of different sectors, um, healthcare, um, supplements, real estate development, um, tech, software, um, digital marketing. So 
um, you know, one constant I found is, you know, business is business is business and, you know, people are the, the, the kind of glue that goes in there. So if you can understand people and really understand how to relate and how to understand what a customer journey looks like and what, what that needs and, and sometimes solve it in a different or unique way. Um, mm-hmm. but keeping that mantra of customer first, no matter if you're B2B, B2C, et cetera, um, you can make, uh, you, you can sometimes you know, make an impact, which is pretty cool. So, um, that's still my day job. You know, we, you know, we just launched a new company that uh, you know, I did some consulting on and ended up funding it. So I do a lot of consulting now, but a lot of those things besides me helping them, you know, from a coaching thing, which I don't really, really love. Um, a lot of times they're looking for, Hey, I need to scale marketing and I need a better digital presence. Well, I've got that team in house. So let's, let me do that with you. And then either, you know, put cash in cash and equity or cash in and value and trade to, to do that. And that's been fun for me. So yeah. that's kind of still my day job that pays the bills. And then um, I'm doing this a lot now, right. Which is helping for great deal flow. I'm finding new people to do some consulting work with and give me new investment opportunities. Um, and also it's kind of altruistic. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Um, not how it work for me. I just kind of show up and just talk, which I'm pretty good at. Um, and I find that, you know, just through my messages on DM or LinkedIn and, you know, on, on, on the sites, you know, just to kind of get, you know, that reassurance, like, Hey, I checked out your book and, you know, this really helped me because my book is different than most business books. It started out very much business. Um, and really, you know, I kind of threw it away halfway through because while there are a lot of relevant stories, um, in there, right. And I, you know, I had Inc 500 companies, fourth fastest growing healthcare company in the U S um, 24th in the country. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, big companies, big exits, public and private. Um, it was only half the story. And you talk about this championship leadership component, you know, leadership and, you know, entrepreneurship sometimes is a fucking lonely thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you may have doubts, right? We talk about Jordan Brady. I think there may have been a, a component and sometimes in their head, like, hey, how do I do this? But they fucking just swallowed that shit, right? They're like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't fucking even let that enter in, the, in my mindset, much less let my team see it, right? So yeah. I wanted to share all of that stuff too. Um, you know, the personal side, right. Goods and bad. So it's, it's an open book, literally, um, of things I've overcome, you know, um, in my personal life, family life, those types of things. So, um, it's been cool. It's been a lot of fun. I've gotten a ton of, uh, good feedback Forbes, um, put it as like the top three books, um, for business in 2023, um, like a couple weeks ago, which was like, I was on a podcast. I got an email, like (laughs) good news, like fuck. It was a Friday. It was Friday. It was, it was like it was two Fridays ago because we were just leaving for uh, Beaver Creek for Colorado for a kid's ski trip. I'm like, good way to go out. I'll take yeah, that. Absolutely. So, Congrats um, on that. So yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. So that's a uh, recently came out the book. Yeah, just before Thanksgiving. So yep. it came out in November. Yeah. Very good. What? Um, who are some championship leaders that have impacted you? Um, you know coaches, mentors, leaders, uh, I guess it could be direct or indirect, but, and then also more importantly, really like, what are some of the characteristics of those individuals that have really stood out that maybe you've taken to help mold who you are as a leader? Yeah. So, I mean, I've never had a, a true, um, mentor mentee relationship, um, 
I've done some coaching and and I and I do I'm a part of masterminds, so I like mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, I read a lot, right? I, I le- really I listen a lot. I, I do audiobooks a ton. Um, so there's so many great lessons and so many great leaders to kind of learn learn from. Um, I think you look at some of the greats, Jobs, Musk, you know, um, though those folks, you know, they're just visionaries, right? Peter yeah. Thiel, right? I mean, I think the the one thing that they have um, in common, especially Musk, he's just so easy to go through, is that he's just so obsessive and gives two shits what anyone else thinks, right? And sometimes it's those crazy, you know, yet simplistic ideas that you know, change the world, right? Look what he's done with Tesla, yeah. right? I mean, so many people have tried EVs before and look what he did with Tesla. Tesla, he didn't found Tesla, he fixed Tesla, right? Yeah. Um, you know, SpaceX. I mean, I, I heard, um, you know, this interview's early days, but he basically said, you know, this is how it can compare it to, right? If you, you know how much a cruise would cost if you took a cruise, you know, you know, I took a cruise um, after the seven day cruise, he came back and he sunk the fucking ship. Like it wouldn't be very affordable, right? You wouldn't be on a right. carnival deal for nine, nine, nine for the fucking week. Um, but that's the, that's the same logic that we were applying to, to space and rockets. Um, simple. Now yeah. what he did was much more complex than, uh, than, than a cruise ship, but it's that, that idea. So if you're that obsessive over it and kind of go through and don't listen to the noise, because most times, especially in you know, entrepreneurs, I see a struggle all the time you know, they listen to their, their parents or their friends and they're telling most of that is jealousy or they're, they're projecting what their feelings is on you. Like, fuck that. Like, don't listen. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what your competitors say. Just as long as you have like that, your same core value system and you're able to go focus, um, that's all should matter. Yeah. Well, you, you know, back to, back to Musk, right. With Twitter, everybody was laughing at him, complaining about the subscription model. And was it just yesterday? I'm seeing yeah. Instagram. So yeah, I was on the flight back from Colorado. I, I saw there's the memes are going fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. It's got like a, you see the picture of like Musk riding down and then like, it's got a picture of, uh, of uh, Zuckerberg, like a copying off the, off the homework. <laughs> like, okay, see. <laughs> it's literally so, uh, yeah. So, so funny. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what's, uh, so what's, what's the vision for you? So essentially what I heard is like, you're, uh, you're a real life, like shark from shark tank, right? Like that's kind of what you're doing out there and investing in, in companies and opportunities and helping them to grow. And, and, uh, I think a championship leadership, I, I often go to sports too, like a bill Belichick, uh, uh, Nick Saban, maybe bill Belichick with Tom Brady. Um, but, uh, you know, they just find a way to continue to show up like against the best of the best in the world on the biggest stage. And uh, I think a big part of that is attributed to the vision that they have that many others don't and courage to take action on it. So what's the vision for you and and the impact that you want to make with that? Yeah. So um, a couple things. One, I think um, just on the Saban comment, which pains me to say this because I'm in Kentucky, (laughs) Alabama, but Saban, he, I mean, he, I mean, yeah, Kentucky, University of Kentucky basketball, right? We always have, we'll have the top recruiting class, but we aren't yeah. performing that well. Saban just usually always performs. And why he does is that he just has a great system and a great process that, hey, listen, Nate, this is what you want. I want you to do. I want you to be the, you know, um, you know, a D back and 
All I want you to do is be the best D back. You can do not worry about anything else because your guy here on line. So, and he basically just gets each person that they're just so obsessive that they're perfect that they don't have to worry about picking anything else. It's that unison. He's the guy that's trying to help pull it together with the quarterback. So um, I think it's that discipline that's repeatable. There's mm-hmm. nothing he's doing. He's got X's and O's just like everyone else. He's, yeah. wanting, he's not doing anything secret sauce. Right. Um, right. But he's fucking disciplined. Right. Yeah. And discipline beats talent every, every day of the week. Um, so vision for me is, is um, yeah, I want to help people. Right. I mean, I don't know about if I'm uh, I think my, my language would perturb me from an ABC show um, with yeah. this. Um, so I, I don't think I'll be on, on the shark thing from that perspective, <laughs> but, but I invest in people, right. The business mm-hmm. is secondary. I like the ideas. I have to like the idea. It has to be cool to me. It has to feel like it's making a difference, and it's something that's new and unique. That's kind of after. I don't invest in like me too stuff other than real estate. Mm-hmm. That's simple, but um, it's very much the people, and that from a leadership component is huge. And that's a huge mistake that I, I try to help people I consult with. Is you know you see these young kids come out watching Shark Tank, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I got this new idea for this new business." And they have it all figured out. They have every answer to every question. And they do that because they are so scared that, oh, well, if the guy's going to give me money, if I don't have the answer, um, then he's not going to invest. The reality is we know you're either lying, right? Or you haven't done enough others to know that you don't know, right? But Mm -hmm. the reality is no one has it all figured out, including me. So the people we like to go invest like, hey, man, I'm the greatest salesman ever. I can go out and do this. I'm deathly scared. I can't balance my own checkbook, much less run investor capital. Help me. That is someone I can really help. Cause like, okay, well, let me bring my team in, focus mm-hmm. on what you do, and then bring someone else into the other. So that's a mistake that so many entrepreneurs make a from just fear of, of control and yeah. other like, Oh, I can do it better. Um, or I can do it. It's going to take me more time to train someone. I'll just do it myself. That's you're never a business. You're a dancing monkey, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to, Figure out and focus on what is it you really love. Hopefully you're good at it too, because sometimes it yeah. doesn't happen. But if you if you focus on what you love and you're good at it, you're, you've got a huge advantage there. Then it's just bringing in the other components, the things that you aren't good at or don't like doing, um, and bring those in usually sooner than you than you typically think you do. It's mm-hmm. going to get you online that, that much quicker. So part of my vision is, yeah, looking for great people, cool ideas, and where I can kind of help. Um, a buddy of mine, Roland Frazier, um, digital marketer, you know, with uh, Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher and those guys, you know, he said to me once, like, you don't value what you know because you know it. And I was like, fuck, that's like so yeah. stupid and simple, but it was right. profound, right? Because yeah. I see these guys that, with these investor decks and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, 15 minutes in a whiteboard, man. I've got you covered, right? And and that's not because I'm smart. It's because I've got my ass kicked so many times that mm-hmm. I've failed, right? And I've overcome it. It's like, hey, well, how about this? Try that. And you can help them see the trees through the forest a little bit. Yeah. What's a, what is a, you know, for you to think back a bit, and maybe it's not that far back, maybe it is, but a critical moment for you, kind of a, you know, fork in the road, trying to decide which way to go. Clearly you decided the way you have, which has you where you are today, but had you chosen a different path could be in a very different place. I think there's a lot of people maybe beat up from the past few years and in in life, or maybe even in that situation right now. And I think there's a lot of strength and power in hearing how others have chosen in some of those moments to help maybe give them some guidance 
uh, you know, currently where they're at. Is there a moment or two that comes to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, probably two, um, two or three, and there's, a, there's a ton, but I'll, yeah. I'll try to kind of keep it short. You know, one, I think the, the pretense to this is I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as a good or bad thing that happens to you. Um, you heard that adage of this happened, it happened for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in life, there are merely a series of events. It's the actions and emotions that we apply to those events that will later dictate if they were a good or a bad thing. And that's hard to kind of grasp for, for, for a second, but these are these defining moments. So one for me, I lost my dad to a tragic motorcycle accident. I talk about in the book when I was seven years old and that loss, um, immediate instant hurt, fear, all the things, the emotion you have, but I'm not special, right? I mean, everyone's lost someone, right? Maybe not be a parent, it could be a sibling or a cousin or uncle, aunt, grandparent. We've all faced loss. Um, but as humans, we're very good. We don't like pain. So we just fucking tell ourselves different storylines to kind of get, get over them. But what I saw at seven was, you know, quick, more quickly than the lost was the long-term effects for, for probably two and a half years of a decline with a young mother um, of two, you know, I was seven, my brother was two and going from stability, she didn't work. Dad was a provider to like nice house, nuclear environment to a smaller house, to an apartment, to a shittier apartment, that level of instability and fear and my mom suffering, like all the components that happened there, you know, shaped me and made me grow up, you know, probably at seven, right. I I became a man really and started having different challenges of having to be the man of the house and not, you know, be upset. Cause I I didn't want to show my, I didn't want to be upset or cry to because that's only going to fucking exasperate the problem with my mom who's already upset and crying. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. tough thing to, to kind of right. go through. So then um, that I think really hardened and shaped me, but it also gave me a lot of motivation that, you know, money, you know, I think Grant got someone to the, like life's hard um, with money. It's yeah. fucking nearly impossible without it. So I, I think that was a motivation for me to kind of go out and be very, very driven. Um, then uh, a second component and I'll stop here and then I'll, I'll give you a cliffhanger for the last one. But the second component was I had, I got a $30,000 inheritance from my dad. Um, when I turned 18, that's what I started day trading with. And, um, I was almost 20, or I, was tw- I, I think I just turned 20, um, or nearly 20. It was March. Um, I took that 30 grand and grew it to about $2 million portfolio day trading. And this was in I gave you my age. So 99, 2000, yeah. you know what happened, right? Dot com bust. Yeah. Everyone's fucking just got raped and crypto recently, right? It's a very similar component. I lost uh, all of it in four days. Mm. And that was tough, man, right? Because I didn't have, I was, I bought a condo, I bought a nice car, I had all these things, but my mom still had no money, right? I mean, she worked for the post office and was comfortable, but no, like there was no safety net for me. And I had that opportunity, right? Like that, that was that crossover, like, okay. You can be the small town kid from Kentucky, went to college in, in New England, made a couple million, went bust and went back home and worked in a factory. That could have been my story. But, you know, I had my back against the wall. I think I had a lot of shame um, for losing the money, more so because um, it was the money that my my dad, I think, right? So yeah. I've lost 
making all kinds of money since then, yeah. right? On, yeah. But it's fucking my money, right? Yeah. But if I lost investor dollars, I would care, but it's my money fucking, okay, I live and learn and I just make more. But that was really hard for me. And it was that defining moment, like, no, I'm not going to, to give up. And I think for me, it's always been that back against the wall thing that's been the motivator to kind of keep going mm-hmm. and uh, and just persevere. And that's, again, the title of the book. You know, me losing that money humbled me, taught me things, and, and it took me on a very twisty turn to become the youngest um, broker at Fidelity uh, Investments. I was 20 years old. I passed my Series 7, 63, and I traded institutional equities. I was the youngest at the time. You have to be 18 to have it to be licensed with the SEC. So yeah. I'm sure maybe some whiz kids done it, but right. very few have, right? Yeah. But that was never a plan for me. And that's kind of uh, those two pivotal pieces. So I think if, you, if, you, if you're in that component and I speak at conferences all the time and, and you know, different events, and I always like kind of, you know, get a raise of hands, like who's had, you know, just a massive success, you know, recently or whatever. And, you know, last six months, and you get a bunch of hands, right? And that, mm-hmm. that can be a great new product launch, an exit, what have you. And then I ask every time, um, and it's, you know, without fail, did anything happen, um, you know, in the six months prior that was, that was pivotal for you? And almost always um, off the brink of that massive success was some fucking catastrophic thing, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. happened. That Forged them, right? You know, iron, you know, you know, you know, forged in steel, right? You know, iron makes yeah. um, sharpens iron. Um, that that is that component of adversity and you know, um instability that kind of shapes and and hardens us to be able to to do great things. So look at it that way, change your perspective on failure. Um, yeah. you know, the subtitle of my book is, you know. Um, a memoir of unbound action and failing my way to success. You know, I run towards failure because I think that's yeah. where the learning happens. Um, I think we've got this bad, you know, you know, connotation because of school and, you know, getting an F in school or, and failing is just this bad thing. And that's, being, I sh- you should encourage that. You should embrace it because that's really where you learn. Not from the successes. If I wouldn't have lost my fucking ass day trading, I would have lost everything when I was 20, 30. Cause like at some yeah. point you have to have that reality check where you have that learning and you know, you need different levels of medicine to, to get you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, that perspective would make those moments, those, those moments of decision for, for many that are so difficult, easy, right? Because it'd be like, well, you know, I'm going to go the way that my guts tell me to go, or I'm going to go the way that I feel. And no matter what, I just know that whatever happens, it's something that's going to happen for me and that we can learn from, we can grow from and keep moving forward. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Well, as we start to wrap this up, what, uh, if there's one or two things, maybe that maybe even from your book, um, or just in life in general, like yeah, the one or two get, things that, just get started, man. I think like yeah. that's the biggest piece I talked about my, my dad dying. Right. And I think a big part of that, and you'll, you'll read in the book of, of I think, you know, towards the end of why I was so motivated by it, but um, because there's multiple layers to it and a a lot of different struggles, but, you know, if it's worth doing, do it today, right? I mean, we're not promised tomorrow. None of us are, right? We just came off the back of a global pandemic. I mean, you you just never know, just get started. And, and, you know, most of the time, what we're scared of is existential, existential. It's, it's usually we're scared and feared of what, what's going to happen? What are other people going to think? And I think the biggest reassurance is 
you know, spoiler alert, no one fucking cares, right? right. They don't care about you. Your mom yeah. does. No one else does, right? They care about themselves. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you get comfortable with just doing what you want to do for yourself, for your family, your friends that you are in, in your close circles, just don't worry about the noise. Just get started and and change your perspective on, on failing. That's the biggest advice I can give because you know I, I get these entrepreneurs pitches. Oh yeah, I've got this idea. It's pre-revenue. It's this, but yeah, I'm just waiting for funding. Well, why? Could you could you have done something to get going? And the answer is always yes. But yeah. the difference is some people just you know have this paralysis by analysis. Yeah, love it. Get started. Well, um, the best place to find your book and everything be- behind you, I assume, if you're watching this, is probably jeremydelk.com. He's got it right on his screen, right behind you there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Other, are you active on social media at all? Yeah. So um, more on Instagram, um, okay. LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on everything. So it's Jeremy S. Delk, um, S is in Stephen, Jeremy S. Delk on all socials. Um, it jeremydelk.com and then yeah, reach out. You know, if you've got a business idea, um, looking for investments, you know, looking for consulting, anything that you're looking for. I love trying to help. Check out the mm-hmm. book books. Um, again, doing really, really well. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, Audible is coming out. Um, I think sometime next month, um, which is gonna be pretty cool. I did like so the same publisher that did mine is did Goggins books, and I stole the idea from him. So I was gonna kick my ass. Yeah. So yeah. they did, they did, um, did you listen to his book? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I did. So I, I, I did, you know, there's no fucking way I was going to be able to, I love talking, but like not so in between the chapters. You, I did this. I did the, the I love it. Yeah. I love that. So, so it was so cool. Cause like, you know, I read the intro and some things, but had a professional narrator do the whole, um, mm-hmm. the whole, uh, deal. And then in an interview kind of podcast type of thing afterwards with that behind the scenes stuff. So yeah. I don't want to, you know, not because you get both, but the audiobook's gonna be fucking kick ass. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely will. I love I, you know, I listen to books more than I read nowadays. I do still enjoy a physical book, but but yeah, audible for sure. So we'll check that out. Appreciate your time today. Uh for the listener, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please stay right here and, and don't go anywhere for the next episode. But Jeremy, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I Invested in myself, I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want I said it then I meant it, I probably already Championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, tippy.